It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-game edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, Digital Sports Commerce Center with Rick Boring. As always, it's presented by Ryan Kiefer of Prime Lending. Rick, I know it's been a basketball-busy weekend for you. Uh, Crosstown shootout. You're color announcer. You're the, I don't, color's not the right word. You're the analyst for NKU basketball games on radio as well. So they had a game Sunday. So really a busy week for you. But we're here to talk Bengals. And it was a busy game in many regards because it was about seven games played in one. It was a weird game. It was a frustrating game if you're a Bengals fan. And it's another missed opportunity, quite frankly. When they look yep. back at this season, there's going to be a couple of these where they're going, how did we let that one slip away? Yeah, and that's the frustrating part. Um, you know, turnovers in some games have cost them. Today it was turnovers by special teams. Um, and then a, a, a miraculous fourth quarter performance by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And then you're about to lose because they're going to kick a 47-yard field goal. And then, oh, you got new life. And then you drive down the field and you march down very quickly. And you're just going to steamroll into the end zone. And then Zach Taylor messes it up by going back to the run. And then they kick the field goal. And you think, all right, defense has been great here. They're going to hold them. And then they don't hold them. I mean, what a range of emotions, man. It was. Let, let's start there in the overtime period with what you just brought up, which was how Zach Taylor handled that play calling. And specifically, we're talking about the decision to run on first and second down at San Fran's 26 after the Bengals had thrown a 26-yard pass to Higgins, thrown a 23-yard pass to Uzama to move into that spot. And the drive before that, they had also moved it easily through the air and scored the touchdown with Jamar Chase at the end of regulation. Here's my problem with that. I don't know what would have happened. You might not have scored. Joe Burrow's been a little erratic at times this year. Maybe he would have thrown an interception in the red zone or into the end zone or something, right? That's entirely possible. Everything's but, on the table. But yes, I know where you're going with this, but keep going. Keep but keep trucking forward, baby. He is your best player. And Jamar Chase is your best player. And Joe Burrow is going to be a superstar if he's not already within the next two years at most. Why take the ball out of his hands at that time? Why not go down swinging by giving your best players a chance to win the game? The guys that got you there in the first place by playing a miraculous fourth quarter to get you back when it seemed like all hope was lost. And why not, if nothing else, even if he screws it up, give him the experience to learn from because he is going to be the guy that wins you games going forward. Why would you just settle at that point if you're Zach Taylor and say, you know what? I'm going to let Lou Anarumo and our banged up defense without Logan Wilson win this one for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it is puzzling. And that line of questioning was brought up in the post game and it was finally brought back around. And I'll, let me give credit where credit's due. It's not our station, but it was Joe Daneman from Channel Channel 19 that asked. And this is after the line of questioning about those play calls. And he said to go back to the play calls inside the 25 and overtime. Is there ever a thought with a hot quarterback to stick with the hot hand and say, let's ride him? And there was a pause from Zach. And I thought, one of two things, he's either going to formulate some BS answer or he's going to try to answer this pretty honestly. And I thought he did. He says, you know, yep, yep, I agree with you. That's one that will keep you up at night. We have a quarterback that win us a lot of games, and there's maybe one more pass instead of a run there. Sure, if we hit that run, I feel great about it, but we didn't. And so then you go back to hindsight, and I'm sure I'll feel a lot of that tonight. And he should feel a lot of that tonight because, yes, we're, we're all great in hindsight, right? If, if he'd hit a Joe Mixon run for 17 yards and he gets another Joe Mixon run for eight yards, what a genius play. You've, you know, you're running into light boxes and they were daring you to run all day and you finally accomplished what you wanted, but they had him on their heels. And he knew, and it was almost like a light bulb moment for him of, yeah, you know what? 
I probably messed this up and it might have cost us a big win and shame on me and I'm sorry for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting words in mouths here for a lot of it, but it felt like that moment for Zach Taylor of, I think you're right. And he basically admitted, I think you're right. And I think he is, I think the questioner and Joe was right in our, in our line of questioning. I tried to do that with, we tried to do that with Joe Burrow. He wanted none of it. I tried it with Jamar Chase and he, he tried a little of it. And then he got a little annoyed by it. Um, where he turned to me at one point, he said, listen, bro, I'm just trying to catch passes. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, okay, you're right. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a good answer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's a lot of trying for him right now. That's not going yeah. so well. So he probably does yeah. have to spend a, a lot of his brain power focusing on catching. But but in the all honesty of the moment, though, Rick, I think you caught a head coach going, yep, I think I messed this up. Well, no kidding. I mean, it's obvious. But like, I just don't understand how I've never felt like this as a Bengals fan, where if they're down 2013 and they've got the ball with two minutes. I no knew chance. they were tying. No that chance. Game. Well, yes, yeah, today, yeah, but usually in the past, yeah, no chance in the past. Right. Yeah, in, no in, in the in the past, I've never felt that way ever That's it, right. since I've been That's a right. Bengals fan my entire life, thirty some odd years now. But I feel that way every time Joe Burrow has the ball at the end of the games. Now he is going to make that drive. He's going to find a way, and he's going to either tie it up or win the game or whatever you need on that given drive. How does Zach Taylor not feel that? As a coach, how would that not be the guy that you want to go down with? And I know we've talked about this once or twice already this year in similar situations where, you know, you're saying basically the same thing, but it's like, I I hear his quote today that that you just laid out and okay, that's great. I think that's the right thing to say, but how did you not already learn that lesson this year? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I think a lot of it is they just, as coaches look at it so clinically of, Here's the look we've got. They're giving us a light box. The, 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 the right thing to do is run into a light box as opposed to using the whole human element of it of, I've got a hot hand. I've got a dude here. And dude's balling out. And I'm going to let dude keep balling out, even though maybe it, you know, the right play, in theory, on my play sheet is, it's a six-man front. They keep giving us six-man front. They're walking a guy out. Now we're five-on-five five in the box, and it just demands a run. Yeah, it probably does if you're running it effectively and but you're do doing you, good things up front and you're not. And so the other part is, again, you've got guy with hot hand. I'm riding that guy. Come on now. But do you think that's really what happened in Zach Taylor's yes. mind there that he thought, yes. oh, we're going to pop yes. a first down on this run? No, no. I mean, see, again, I think they, what he was thinking was we got it into field goal position. This is what we wanted. Now let's lay up and take the three and, points. And, and, and that's a fair that's a fair commentary, because I even talked to a few people before the press, right, actually in between press conferences. I said, if I didn't know better, I said, if I didn't know better, I would have sworn the SOB didn't know the overtime rule and thought that they just had to kick a field goal to win. I know he knows better, but that's kind of you're right. That's kind of what it felt like of. All right, we're here. Let's not mess this up. Let's get three and our defense will hold. No, you can close the game out right then. You don't need your defense to hold. Go close it out, dude. And with a hot hand, he's going to close it out because he is just on fire. And plus, they were banged up in the secondary. Um, you know, they, they're on about their 39th cornerback, and they were a mess at that point. They had no answer. It, they they could have run cover 27 and put 27 guys out there, <laughs> and they would have not been able to c- cover it. I, I'm serious about that. I get the whole thought process. I do, Rick. I, I'm trying to be fair here. I get the whole... They're giving us this look in the box, and we have to run. And it wasn't like the I first don't. two runs. Listen, it wasn't like the first two runs were ineffective. It was four and three, and it got to third and three. And that's a convertible down in many regards. But to me, it was, you got them on their heels. They can't stop this guy. And listen, hot hands are what they are. It's like that in basketball, which we both love. Sometimes dudes just got it, and you go, 
I've run this set 22 straight times. I'm going to run it again, and it's going to, you know what? I'm just going to ride this guy until he misses for me. Hell, my favorite game of all time is the Tayshawn Prince North Carolina game where he makes three threes, and the fourth one he comes across half court and literally about a step across half court from about 35 feet, he just says, screw it, I'm going to launch it, and buries it. And I can still remember to this day, he turns around to the like the media people, especially the CBS was broadcasting it, and shrugged his shoulders like, don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm feeling it. And I, I mean, sometimes you just, it just is what you're just feeling it. Let it ride itself out till it's done. 100%. But we're not even asking Joe Burrow to take heat checks. We're asking him to just do what he's been doing and control the game and, and let him go. Like if, if I'm the 49ers in that situation, it just I'm feels scared. like an avalanche is coming downhill and we yes. can't do anything to stop it with yes. the way our defense is playing. And then you decide to run those first two downs and we get the third down opportunity. Now all of a sudden, the momentum's on our side. We feel like you've said, okay, we're just going to chill right here. And now we pin our ears back and Bosa goes and gets to the sack. To me, that completely changed the momentum of the game. Yes. Everything about it when the Bengals had uh, just basically stormed right through the last, what, 10 minutes Nine of regulation? Minutes, cor- correct. And, and listen, the first down run play got you four yards. Okay, that kind of you just want to get yourself back in track and make sure, hey, even if we take a sack or have a goofy penalty here, we're not going to completely hose ourselves from field goal range because it was first and 10 on the 26. So, you know, in theory, you take a bad hold or a, or a, or a sack. I'm okay. I'm okay with the first down run play. But second down, now you got yourself in a spot where even if you get some goofy penalty or Joe takes a sack and it takes a sack back to the 31, at that point, okay, I might run myself back into field goal range, but I'm also going to trust Joe to not take a sack. And he took a couple that he shouldn't have. There were a couple free runners. But I will say at that point, you had them on their heels so much that their pass rush was also ineffective until the third down play. Yeah, when everyone knew exactly what was about to happen. I mean, it just changed everything. They were on their heels, and then you run twice, and all of a sudden they're not. And and again, scratch all of that. Scratch all the strategy. Just boil it down to this simple fact. I want Joe Burrow to have the opportunity to go win me that game if I'm the best. No matter what, everything else, throw it out the window. Just who on that team do you trust the most to give you a chance to win that game? And it's number nine and number one. And that's it. The idea that I'm going to rely on Lou Anarumo, who couldn't figure out how to stop George Kittle to save his life, and a defense that doesn't have Logan Wilson out there, I don't really understand why on earth you would be so confident in that. And that's exactly what Zach Taylor was doing. Yeah, Rick, here, the drive before for the Bengals, the one that tied the drive, that tied the score up, um, you had a Burrow sack on first down that made it second and 18 at the Bengals' five. And then a 12-yard completion, a 22-yard completion. Two incompletes, which is fine. One of those, was, which was actually a good drop because it stopped the clock. Then a 29-yard completion, a 32-yard completion. Then in the overtime, you get a 26-yard completion, a Joe Mixon run for no gain, a 23-yard completion. So of his last, like, and I'm doing this literally off the top of my head, of his last five or six completions in that vein, every one of those was a chunk play. I mean, they were chunking them up. You don't do that in this league unless you've got them on the run and you got them off balance. And then you gave them the opportunity to go, oh, you're going to let us try to stop you? Sure. Thank you, sir. Yeah. And to be clear, this is just a couple of plays that we're talking about throughout many that could have changed the whole course of this game. And I don't think this is Zach Taylor lost the game for the Bengals. But to me, this is a huge decision. And it kind of goes back to the overall conversation about Zach Taylor as a play caller and whether or not he can do this job, because I think he's shown a lot of good things as a head coach. I think he's gotten this team to where it is, which is a winning record, an opportunity to be in the playoffs, all types of good things. 
but there are still a lot of questions about him as a play caller and some areas to, to critique. And it wasn't just those two plays in this game. There was, no, it was the first, the, the first series of the second half. You well, come well, out in the second half and go run, 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 punt. There's that after you were already too conservative in the first half. And quite frankly, it went right back to what we saw at the beginning of the year, which annoyed us. Teams play a cover two. They give you underneath. They give you some light boxes and you take the bait and you say, we're going to let the coverage dictate what we're going to do instead of just absolutely exploiting a banged up secondary that has no chance of guarding T Higgins and Jamar Chase. And as soon as you decided, you know what, we're just going to have to do it because we're down. You started hitting them for chunk plays. It's like, yeah, why that, do you not decide to dictate what you're going to do to the defense instead of the other way around? Yeah, and that and that's fair, and that's uh, that's where you go back to. We were all everybody, and this has been a common theme for the last how many ever weeks of why so many slow starts, why the slow start, and you get the mumbo jumbo of we're just not very consistent. Yes, I can see you're not very consistent. Uh, we're turning it over too much. No, that's not why you're the slow starts. It's always turnovers. There's something to it. Of almost, it's like all right, we're going to do what they're asking us to do and they're baiting us to do, and we're not going to do what we do. Stop. Just do what you do. Do is what it, you do. Is it that hard to figure out that when a team's in a cover two that you can hit them in the scene in the middle with Higgins underneath? Like, you know what I mean? That, the stuff that you no start offense, running that, later that, in the game is that's pretty Joe, obvious. That's Joe Burrow's best pass, in my opinion. He's not a great deep ball thrower, although I think he's gotten a ton better at it. Um, by far, especially after last year when he was a disaster at it. But he is so good in those intermediate crossing routes. He's he he puts perfect touch on it. He sees the windows. He knows where he wants to go. He knows he can trust his receivers other than Jamar Chase at times. But he's got he, he's so good at those routes. Do it. Stop messing around so much. And I think that's what happens of well, they're giving us light boxes and let's try to run it. And I'm okay with I love running. I think running it's great. But when they're baiting you into it and they're winning up front, okay, a couple series, I might feel it. But after that, it's like, hey, we're not winning at the line of scrimmage. Let's do something different. All right, then maybe loosen them up a little bit by throwing the ball in the middle of the field. It's, it, 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 well, these last two weeks have been really frustrating. Today was mostly frustrating because you, you had a chance to steal one, um, despite some bad special teams play. Uh, and, and despite the slow start, you had a chance to steal one and you blew it. Well, and that's maybe the most frustrating part about this team. And the last two weeks have been the perfect illustration of that is both of those games, it ends. And I'm left thinking the Bengals were the better team. Yep. They should have won that game. And basically some, for lack of a better term, WTF plays decided. I mean, you go back to last week, you've got the chase drop backwards, which should have been an easy walk-in touchdown. It ends up being an interception in the most unique way that I think I've ever seen. And you've got the Mixon fumble where he's untouched, a normally sure-handed ball carrier who just happens to cough one up randomly. This week, you have two muffed punts by Phillips, which you lose both of them. You have Bates dropping walk-off pick six where you have the game won at that point. It's thrown right into his numbers and he just can't catch it. And you have the chase drop on third down early in the game, which maybe wasn't uh, a game deciding play at the time, but it also could have made for a completely different first half, the way things ended up playing out. No, I mean, the the Bates drop is inexcusable. I'm sorry. Made a great read, great break, great everything. Catch the ball, dude. I know that's why you're a defensive back. That's always the argument, but you got to have ball skills too. And he's had such a bad year. What a way to atone. If you pick that and go to the house and it looked like he was on the way to the house. I mean, maybe somebody catches him, maybe, you know, whatever, but. Didn't I, look I think like it. It didn't look like it. I'm with yeah. you. It didn't look like it. 
I don't know what to make of that exactly and where you put that because I don't feel like it's a situation where you go same old bungles. They're shooting themselves in the foot with stupid penalties and being undisciplined. Yeah, you can point to the Von Bell thing, but I put that was, more on the silliness of NFL rules than anything. Maybe, but 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 that was still a stupid, 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 stupid. Hang on, stupid, 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 stupid play. They looked like they were having fun and joking around, though. I didn't think mm. he was actually really like showing him up when he was pointing. Mm. I thought he was pointing, laughing. Uh, it, dude, the worst part is it was an incomplete pass from Jump Street. Anybody that saw it, including him, knew it was an incomplete pass. And then you're pointing at the opposing center and taunting. Seriously, stop. Just stop being stupid. And the funny part is this has been talked about with players. We've asked them and the coaching staff and we've asked them and they've talked about that. They've reminded them and Von Bell's one of them. He's a leader. He's a captain. And yet he makes a dumb play. Got to be better. You just got to be better. And that's fair. I like. I, I'm. I'm willing to go with that. Again, I. I hate the rule. I think it's completely arbitrarily enforced. And they but it's have, being called. But it's being called. And you uh, just got to know they're looking. And fair listen, Jaquiski Tart. Jaquiski yeah, Tart probably should have gotten one after he tackled Mixon and stood yes. over him. Agree. Well, yeah, he he hits the guy, then goes face to face like yes. in an intimidating fashion. Like Von Bell was pointing from ten yards away and laughing. I don't understand. It, it doesn't matter. That, that that's yeah. neither here nor there. It's a stupid. No, play, I know. But it's also Cost not four like, points. It did, but it's not the same as, you know, this. I, I don't think it's like a huge problem that's permeating throughout the team that they constantly no, agree. Bontes right. perfect like penalties in important yeah. situations or they're getting uh, uh, offsides or a false start or a holding when you can't afford it. For the most part, they've been a, a pretty clean team. They, they've been pretty smart about things like that. It, it's more of these weird plays that just they don't execute and you're left wondering what the hell is going on with these guys well and and you go back to the opener right where he went on fourth down in his own 30 correct and it was the whole after the game i want to be aggressive okay right i don't don't like it i didn't like it in that moment i like aggressive but i didn't like it in that moment there's a time and place but okay that's your mo you want that to be your mo great and then he got criticized for it right he got criticized from all of us um and at that point forward, it feels like he's decided now I've got to really pick and choose this stuff. And today we're two golden opportunity, fourth and ones or twos. I'm not, I don't want to second guess all of those because listen, he could have missed them and it would have taken six points off the board. And it, you know, at the end of the day, it, they may have lost the game in regulation anyway, because he went for it and they didn't make it and uh, they lost six points. Uh, but what are you, dude? I mean, stop worrying about everybody. Just do you stop worrying about everybody else. Yeah, Burrow goes 348 yards in this one, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was 25 of 34. Higgins had five catches for 114 yards. Chase had five catches for 77 yards and two TDs. So uh, a good game for all those guys in the passing game once again. The Bengals were in seventh heading into that game in the AFC playoff picture. They are now in ninth, which if the playoffs were to start today, they would – be out technically they are a spot behind the Browns obviously everyone's so bunched up other than what I just stated I guess there's not a a ton to read into how this plays out long term but where do you see this Bengals team headed at this point skinny it's a great question um They've been pretty good against teams 500 or better, and that's what they got left, and that's what they had today. And they were four and three going into today. They're now four and four. They are three on the three and zero oh in the road against teams with 500 or better. So I don't want to call Denver a must win, but I do feel, and I haven't called that this year. Everybody else has looked at some must wins of that. I think this is kind of because listen, you, you get this win, 
you then have a game lead over the Broncos because they're in the seven and six bunch too. And not only do you have a game lead with three to go, Rick, you got the tiebreaker advantage because the head to head. So that, that, that part's a big part to me. And then with the Ravens, we don't know the Lamar Jackson situation and their schedule down the stretch is not easy. The Ravens come out of this week, possibly without Lamar Jackson having to play the Packers. The Bengals win. They lose. They're both eight and six with Baltimore coming to your place. Hopefully, I'm going to swallow hard on this. Hopefully on Sunday at one o'clock on the 26th, the day after Christmas, as opposed to a night game, which might get flexed. But they've got the they've got the Packers at the Bengals, the Rams and the Steelers. So there's some head to head there with the Steelers. It, it almost feels like you win this week, you put yourself in a grind. And even if you even if the Ravens beat the Packers, you still have them coming to your place where if you win, you're tied record wise but you beat them twice and would have swept them. So you've got your opportunities still. But we've talked about this now for two weeks of, you know, you've got, you, you control your own destiny. Okay, you do. And you still very much do. But you got to take advantage of it. You can't keep pissing games away. And so this week against Denver, I'm sure they're thinking the same thing of, hey, we're seven and six. We beat the Bengals. We're going to be back in that eight win group, which there's going to be less teams because if we beat the Bengals, they're in the seven win group. And so, um, and we have a tiebreaker advantage. So they're going to be jacked for that. You got to stop pissing opportunities away. They haven't played the Ray game in a couple of weeks, and maybe they give their, give their A game, and maybe being away from home is a good thing for this team because the Boo Birds were out. The crowd wasn't great. I didn't think they got great late when you know they got back in it. Well, a um, lot of San Francisco red. It looked like yeah, there too. was a lot of San Francisco red. Yeah, exactly. So you know, maybe getting away is a good thing for this team right now. And then you come back for Baltimore, and hopefully you take advantage of the home field because they've not done a very good job of that this year at all. Let me throw out this scenario to you. Four games left. If they beat the Ravens and the Browns, lose to the Broncos and the Chiefs, do you think it's enough? I do in some wacky way or form for them to get the wild card. Maybe the division based on, again, because you're beating the Ravens there. And again, the Ravens have to play, as I mentioned, the Packers. Um, yeah, maybe that's enough. I I think 10 wins for sure wins this division. That means the Bengals go 3-1, and one, and no offense, I don't see any way they beat Kansas City right now. And I'm not sure I see any AFC team beating Kansas City right now. Isn't that um, crazy? So that means, I mean, it was like, it what, is, four weeks ago when people were talking about KC's looking like they're not going to make right. the playoffs. No, that's right. <laughs> um, but I do think the other three games are winnable. Um, not going to be easy. Um, but I think they're winnable, and I think that's that's at least gives you a fighting chance. But you just got to play better. And yeah. um, I don't know if this is coaching, is it execution? Is this team just not quite ready? Have that, enough that's, key injuries? That's the hard up? thing, right? Like that, it, it, you can't quite put your finger. I mean, yes, you can point to these weird plays that we're talking about, but I don't know that they're poorly coached. I don't want to pin all this stuff on the coaching staff. No, I don't right. think that's fair. Uh, right. I also don't know if I'm willing to just say well, they're young and not quite ready. It's like, well, they look pretty ready in some of these games and they're clearly more talented than some of these teams. So it's like, it's, it's everyone wants to blame someone and maybe that's the part is there's just no one to blame. It's just yeah, part may, of the process it, for this right, maybe. part of this league and, and where the Bengals are at right now. But it is frustrating because it feels like they're right there and I, I can't necessarily pinpoint what they have to fix or who's at fault or, or where the, the weak link is aside from, you know, some of the spots on the field they have to upgrade. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's, that's the part too. I think, I think maybe this is just one of those goofy years where we just, we think we know for all these teams and we just don't know. 
We just don't. I mean, I want to sound like an expert, and I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about, and I think I do, but I also can't give you definitive answers on why some of this happens. And the part is that's really scary is I don't think they can either, and that's where you're at. If they can't, how can I? But that's also because it's like that across the league right now. Right. That's also right. one of the reasons that I'm not willing to just say, well, they're young and they're ahead of schedule. This isn't quite no. the year. No, no take advantage right of it now. Yeah. Right. What, what take advantage next of it. Year if, if the Chiefs reload a little bit and they are dominant again with Patrick Mahomes or the, the uh, Patriots are back to being a dominant dynasty or something. This no, right. might be the year where there's no great team and you have that chance. So I'm not willing to just say punt till next no, year because they're not quite there yet. I'm totally agree with that, Rick. I mean, dude, you're you're seven and four in a golden spot, and you've pissed it away, and now you got to fight your ass off. And maybe that's what this team. Maybe they need to fight their ass off. I don't know. You know, the thing that that is a little annoying is it feels like there's this thread right now, and this this theme of not ready to play and not energy. I don't buy any of that crap. I just, I'm sorry, I don't. I know that seems to be a narrative for a lot of people. I just don't buy it. I buy lack of execution. I don't buy. The whole, wow, uh, you know, we, we, I heard a couple guys in the post game, we weren't prepared. Yeah, bull crap. You were prepared. You yeah. just didn't execute and you just weren't good enough today. I don't, I don't buy the, oh, he didn't come out with energy. No, energy's, energy's nonsense. It's just, I, I don't buy any of that crap. Just play better. You usually have energy and you're focused and you're ready to go when, I don't know, the coach calls a play that gets you a 40 yard game right. in one of your first right. drives or something. You know what I mean? Like when things go right, that's where the energy comes from. So I agree with you. There, there are times where teams don't come out and play their best, but I don't think that's what we were watching either of the last few games for the Bengals. No, I'm with you. I know, I know that the whole charger theme was, uh, you know, T Higgins, eh, I didn't think we had energy. Nah, you don't, you don't even know what you're talking about. You really don't. <laughs> I don't buy any of that crap. You just don't, you just didn't execute and you weren't very good. And, um, it snowballed on you and all those things. And suddenly you got energy. Come on, give me the day. Listen, that whole fired up nonsense in, in any sports nonsense to me, you can play hard. I'm, I'm a big believer in playing hard. Listen, you think pro guys occasionally, yeah, they take some plays off but for the most part. You don't play hard. You're going to get knocked out of your cleats. So you better play hard. And they probably do. It's just lack of ed- execution. But you know, today, the, the, the couple of things that were, were annoying. I, I, I can't believe Darren Simmons sent Darius Phillips back out there to return punts, Rick. I can't believe he did that. I love him as a coach. I think he's a good. He's just been so good for so long. But how you decided to send him back out a second time when you didn't trust him for three years as a punt that, returner, that's and he the didn't. Thing. You yeah. didn't trust him, man. And suddenly you do. When it, the one at the end of the first half, listen. All you needed there was to put Tyler Boyd back there like they eventually did. And I I literally said this out loud in the press box. I'm like, why is he back there? Just put Tyler Boyd back there and have him stick a hand up in the air and he'll catch it. I don't need him to return it. I don't need him to get blown up. I don't need him to get hurt. I don't need a catastrophic anything. Just have the man put a hand up in the air and catch the football. Not hard. What are we doing? If this was any normal punt returner who had a, a track record and you were comfortable with them normally, any muffs one and you lose it so be it no problem yeah put him back out there everyone messes up but they have never trusted Darius Phillips in this position they don't like him he's been shaky before like when he screws up like that yeah you got to get him out of there especially in that situation where like you said the only objective there that you need to accomplish is waving an arm and making sure you have possession of the football and suddenly that's what and Tyler Boyd actually tried to return a punt once, which I held my breath. I'm like, what are you doing, Chief? I, I get you're back there, but what are you doing? But for the most part, he stuck his hand up in the air and caught the ball. And I trust him to catch that punt 99 out of 100 times. I, I, I The other thing I will say is I'm going to make a quick bold prediction. 
I do think Trey Waynes comes off of IR this week, and I think the guy that gets cut is Darius Phillips. I see that coming. I think that would probably make some sense after this game. Yeah. All right, so the final 26-23 Bengals let one slip away in overtime at home against the 49ers. They fall to 7-6 and six on the year, ninth in the AFC playoff picture. Next week, they'll be in Denver playing the Broncos. Yep, got to win it. I mean, you get a chance to separate yourself from the pack and put yourself back in the division race, and no matter what the Ravens do, you got them coming to your place, and if the Ravens lose, you got them coming to your place where if you win and you win in Denver – you are in a great spot to win the division. Hey, it's on you, man. I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's on you as players and coaches to go get it done. And we'll see what you're made of. And at this point, I, I don't, I honestly, I can't tell you what I know what to expect. I don't, I have no clue. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, you know what we're going to do on Wednesday or Thursday when we do our next podcast, our weekly podcast, we're going to predict that game, Rick. That's how good we are. We're going to try <laughs> to predict it. We'll be back at it Thursday morning. Yes, indeed. All right. We appreciate you guys listening for uh, Rick Boring. I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals postgame edition presented by Ryan Kiefer of Prime Lending.